0: that today so today's message is titled preparing to hear and we're all responsible to prepare ourselves to hear god's voice so our theme verse for the series is john chapter 10 starting in verse 3 jesus is speaking he tells a story jesus uses he used a lot of of made-up stories to help people understand what the point he was trying to get across this is one of those stories he said the gatekeeper opens the gate for him And the sheep listened to his voice. Now, many times in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about himself as a shepherd, and he talks about you as sheep. So you're called sheep in the Bible. Say, bah. Okay, a few of you, I can't even believe you did that. That's, like, embarrassing. Why would you even do that in church? I mean... You just, took, you just took it, hook, line, and sinker right there. I'm just picking on you. I set you up. But, but that's what the Bible refers to. It refers to Jesus as the shepherd and us as the sheep. And listen to me, it's okay because if Jesus is the shepherd, I want to be a sheep, right? I want to be his sheep. And so it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Watch this incredible video a while back of these shepherds. There's some real times, there's still shepherds today in other parts of the country that have these massive flocks of sheep. And so the video was, as all these shepherds met up one day, they kind of crossed paths. It was like four different herds. If I had to guess, there was over 2,000 sheep between the four different herds. So, so put your mind here. All these herds of sheep come, and they happen just by, I don't know if they do it on purpose or by happenstance, but they, they happen to cross at this road at the same point. And all of a sudden, I mean, I was kind of freaking out watching the video. I'm like, oh, God, who's going to separate the sheep? I mean, you don't even have shoots. I mean, who, oh, shoot, just who's going to separate? And so all these 2,000 sheep get all just mingled up. And then the shepherds talk a little while. And then the shepherds take off walking in different directions. And every one of them made a call. Whatever that call might have been. Woo! Whatever it was. That was weak. I know. I'm not, I don't use that call. I'm not good at it. <laughs> But they made their call, and watch what happened. The the herd then separated and followed each shepherd. Coolest thing I ever watched. I really encourage you to go watch it because listen to me. They did not recognize the other shepherd's call, they only recognized the shepherd who had been taking care of them. They recognized his voice. That's who we are. We're God's sheep, he's the good shepherd. And we should be following his voice and not a stranger's voice. But notice that the Bible says he goes out in front of them. Some of us are so impatient that we run ahead of God. And you can't hear with the back of your ears. They're like radars. They're meant to catch from here to the front. If my son runs ahead of me and I'm talking, he can't hear me. And he says, what? I say, back up so you can hear me. You ought to be really grateful that God's out in front of us leading us. Amen? So that's who we are. We're his sheep. He's the good shepherd. He takes us into greener pastures. He takes us into purer water. He brings us into places of shade and sunlight. And he protects us and he keeps us. When we get unhealthy, he heals us. That's what a good shepherd does. Aren't you glad you're God's sheep? Okay, so some of you say, I need to hear God's voice. I wanna hear God's voice. Listen to me, we all come to points in life where we gotta make some critical decisions, right? And then then there's times where we gotta just, you know what, I gotta hear from God. I'm reminded this morning of some of the old timers, some of my heroes in the faith. There's, There's a few of them left, but some of their heroes I heard stories of back in the day before there was modern technology and all these other things, they had a Bible, and they needed a word from God, they would grab their Bible, grab up a water jug, and they would go out into the woods, and they would stay there with a Bible and a jug of water and wouldn't come out until they got an answer from God. Can I tell you, that's preparing your heart to hear. That's saying I need to get away from all my stuff, I got to get away from all my responsibilities, I got to go take me some a moment, I got to go get some time with Jesus, and I got to hear his voice, so I'm going to have to cut out all the noise. You see, the problem with the modern day church is, is we're too sophisticated to cut out the noise. We're too prideful and too, too puffed up to grab a Bible and a water jug and go to an empty building somewhere and cry out to God until He answers. You don't have to say amen to that. I know it's sinking in. But don't be so prideful that that you can't ever just find your Bible one day and a bottle of water and go out into the backyard somewhere where the kids can't find you and you can't hear your cell phone ring and you don't worry about all your responsibilities and you stay there until you get an answer from God. I've had the problem of not waiting on God. I spent too much time by giving him, wasted too much time by giving him five minutes. Lord, you got five minutes to speak. You don't say nothing. I'm doing my own thing. To which I end up in a vicious cycle of not good things. So we all want to hear God's voice. We all need to hear God's voice. If you're going to follow Jesus, you got to be able to hear his voice. He speaks. We got to position ourselves to listen. Amen. Listen to me. God doesn't just speak through me. You got to get this. God speaks to you. As a believer in Jesus, God speaks to you. He does not just speak through me. He will speak through me this morning. And he has spoken through, through me already. But listen to me. I'm responsible to hear God just as much as you are. Right? And so your responsibility is to position yourself to listen. So that's our theme verse for the whole series. Look at what Proverbs 3, 6 says from the message translation. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Now watch this. I was discipled into thinking that my time with God was just my morning time, that God would speak only whenever I gave him time to speak. What I've realized over the last several years is that God speaks in everything and He speaks everywhere. You got to hear me in this. You can be checking people out at the register. Oh, yeah, baby, good. Good to see you. Uh huh. And God will speak to you. You can be selling your goods to some people and God will speak to you. Give it to them. He speaks everywhere and He speaks in everything that we do. You're His sheep. You're following him. Keep your ears open. Look at your neighbor and say, listen. Some of you really enjoyed saying that to your kids. God does not have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. Luke chapter eight, verse eight says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Grab your ears. This is a little bit silly, but you're not gonna forget this. Grab your ears. God gave you two ears and one mouth. You know why? Because he wants to listen. He wants you to listen more than you speak. Some of you can't hear God because you don't know when to shut up. (laughs) I know that was offensive, but I'm just sorry. It's the truth. (laughs) You all got those friends that just can't quit talking, can they? Right? You're like, they'll take a short story and make it a dictionary. Right? And you're like, dear God, get to the point. You want to go? He gave you two ears to listen, one mouth to speak. Listen more than you speak, right? He who has ears, let him hear. Let's back that that story up to verse five. Jesus tells another story about a farmer. It says, it goes like this. A farmer went out to sow some seeds. Now he's talking about seeds as the word of God. In other words, the sower Or God's out throwing words out. God's speaking to us. Listen to me. God speaks through the Bible. Okay. But we got to remember when he was saying these things, there was no Bible. That means God's audible voice. You getting this? He speaks through his Bible, but he speaks to us directly also. Amen. So a farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. The walking path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So today we're going to talk about four different hearts and how these different hearts keep us from hearing God. And so today we're going to prepare ourselves to hear. And I want you to understand something. My goal for this series We'll take a break next weekend because of Mother's Day. My wife will join me, and we'll preach together a Mother's Day message. And by the way, mamas, you don't want to miss out. We have a gift for you, and we'll have a a real nice photo booth set up for you. So drag your kids and your husband, get them dressed. You will have to dress them in order for them to look good, and then they'll be here to take pictures for you for Mother's Day. So you don't want to miss that. But then after that, the next two weeks, we're going to pick up back on this series. And my goal is, is that at the end of this series, that we walk out of here going, I know how to prepare my heart. I know how to position myself. I'm 100% sure that God speaks to me. And now I have the ability to listen. And so we can walk out of this series in four weeks and say, I know how to hear God's voice. I recognize his voice. I can distinguish between the world's voice, the enemy's voice, my own voice, and God's voice. That's my goal for you. Over the next couple of Sundays. So in this parable, this story that Jesus told. It's one of the few times he actually actually turns around and explains the stories. A lot of times he leaves the stories up to us to get interpretation. But this time he decided to go a little bit beyond and explain the different soils that the seed was falling on. So Luke chapter 8 verse 12, it says this. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The first seeds that were thrown onto the path, the walking place, the seed that was trampled on, the seed that the birds came and stole, right? The birds represent the devil. The devil comes. Listen to me. All hell is against you hearing this message today and then being able to hear God's voice tomorrow. All hell is against you. And you need to be fully aware of that. Not afraid of it, but fully aware of it that the enemy's coming after you. Because all he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy. Right? So even today, right now, he's trying to throw some things at you that you're going to have to come against. And so along the path, the ones who hear the word and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. It talks of the the first heart we're going to talk about today is the polluted heart. So number 1, if you're taking notes, hopefully you're taking notes, the polluted heart. God is trying to speak, but the hidden darkness in your heart is polluting your heart. We're unable to hear God because we refuse to confront the darkness that is in us or around us. It's a polluted heart. I want to show you two ways that our hearts get polluted. One way is when we don't do this one thing. How many of you know we all sin, right? Shake your head because we all sin. We all sin, but we all have been given the right to do something about it. And though this word may get a lot of criticism, it's actually one of the most grace-filled words in the Bible. That word is repentance. It's not, you better repent, you cigarette-sucking sinner. That and that. It's repentance. Repentance, let me show you what it means. Repentance is God's invitation to turn away from the way that you've been going and follow his direction. It's like if you're in his herd and he's, he's leading you and you stray off, that's sin. You're doing your own thing, is sin. And you're straying off and then you hear him, whoop, whoop, whoop. And you go, repentance is when you turn back and you go back to the herd and you go back to God. It's not a bad word. It's an invitation to come back. It's a grace-filled word. It's God saying, hey, I'm going to give you the right to come back. How many of you would say, thank you, Lord? Lord, thank you that I get to come back. So, unrepented sin will pollute your heart. So, watch this. When we sin, we're expected to repent. The Bible says if you confess your sin to Jesus, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and then to wash all that junk off of you. (laughs) Isn't that good? So, but if you don't confess, He don't wash. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) You don't confess, He don't wash. You know, the Bible actually says to confess your sins one to another. Now, confession's good for the soul, but it's just bad for the reputation. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you confess your sin, whew, I feel better, and people looking at you like, hmm. But don't let that stop you from confessing. Amen. But when we sin, we're expected to repent. When we don't repent from sin, our hearts get polluted. It gets stopped up and we can't hear from God. Why? Because we have unrepented sin in our hearts. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem and a polluted heart will keep you from hearing from God. Repent. Listen to me. God sees everything under the sun. God knows everything about you. He knows what you think he don't know. He knows your thoughts. The Bible says. And he still gives you the invitation to repent. That's a good God. Amen? That's a good God. So how do we fix that? Repent. Not difficult. Just repent. If you're walking in sin, I'll give you an example. Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. I have anger issues sometimes. And, and I, I'm a strong guy and I got an attitude to back it up. And it, sometimes it comes out. I'm, I'm, God, I'm a work in progress. God's, I'm, I'm constantly repenting. If, the thing I repent for the most is when I lose my temper. So, so when I'm walking in an uncontrolled temper, to repent is to turn around from that and to say, I'm not going to do that. Lord, I need help. Lord, help me. Lord, I don't want to be that person anymore. And that, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm in a repentance phase with God. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be known as an angry man anymore. I don't want my kids to remember me as an impatient, angry man. <laughs> so i got to repent. i got to turn from that. That's the first way that our hearts get polluted. Unrepented sin is like trying to swim with a stone tied around your ankle. <laughs> it's hard. The second way we pollute our heart is, our, heart gets, our hearts get polluted is by people. And some of you just went, oh, yeah, I know some of them people. Yeah, they've been polluting my heart for a long time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when people offend you, hurt you, disappoint you, come against you, say things behind you, that kind of stuff, that will pollute your heart. You ever try to go spend time with Jesus and all you're doing is thinking about the person that offended you? And before you know it, your whole time with Jesus was spent rehashing everything that happened. You wonder how your memory's so good to remember stuff like that. But when there's good stuff, you just have a hard time remembering. You know why? Let me give you a little insight. Because the devil's whispering to you the story again. You're not remembering. He's reminding you. He's giving you the play by play. Oh, she said this, and then she had that attitude, and then she walked around, turned around, walked off. Oh, and you know she said something on you about you on Facebook, and she did, you notice? Know oh, and so he's, and so if you're not dealing with unforgiveness in your heart, you're listening to the junk of the enemy. Shut him up. You know how you shut him up? You forgive people. The Bible says, Jesus made, it, Jesus made it very clear. He said, he, I'll break it down for you in good old Cajun English. He said it like this. He said, you wanna come spend time for, with me and you wanna hear from me? Listen to me. You're not gonna hear from me because you're distracted right now. I see that unforgiveness in your heart. You're not gonna hear a word I said. So instead of wasting both of our time, and you, you rehashing that old event? How about you get up right now, go take care of that situation and come back with some clear ears and we'll have a good conversation. Jesus says, if you got all against your brother, leave your sacrifice at the altar, take off, go settle that issue, clear your heart up and then come back and meet with him. Why? Because you're gonna hear him. Why? Because when you forgive people, you shut the devil up you getting this all hell's against you don't want you to hear from god bitterness flourishes in forgiveness in unforgiveness flourishes (laughs) you ever you ever get into a place it really happens in marriage a lot uh it seems like every time, from my experience, every time God's about to do something great in my life, or some kind of things about to happen, there's always this temptation to fight with Cheryl. I know none of you face that, but but there's always this 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 thing that comes up, you know, and, and you can and you can prepare yourself. You're like, I'm, I'm not gonna fight. I know God's about to do something. I can I can sense what God's about to do. and and whew, man, it's just some. You know, that woman's a little crazy today. Whew, she's a little high strung. Oh my goodness. And if I'm not careful, we'll be in a big old dog out fight over something stupid. Right? Because when you're done fighting, you kind of go, what we fighting about? Watch this. Seems like every time I need to hear from God, there's a threat on a relationship of mine. So, this is where I'm at today, okay? I'm not there yet, but this is where I'm at. I'm starting to recognize when Cheryl and I got a little friction. This is a good thing, okay? It's like when you can recognize some friction, whew, you might could avoid some damage, right? So, I'll I'll see her temper start to get up, and I'll feel my blood pressure start to get up, and and sometimes I'll run out the house. (laughs) Sometimes I just automatically be sweet. Or I'll go serve her. Why? Because I'm trying to avoid a what? A distraction. Y'all, y'all getting what I'm saying this morning? A polluted heart doesn't hear from God. And you got to quit saying God doesn't speak. Because the truth is, is that God does speak. Too many of you said for too long that God doesn't speak to me. Well, if you keep confessing that God doesn't speak to you, you'll probably never hear him. Right? Are you one of his sheep? He's speaking to you. James 1.21 says this, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. How much of it? Did he say keep an ounce? He say keep a quart? Keep a little suitcase full of evil? What did he say? Get rid of all of it. Why? Because you don't need it. You don't need that filth. You don't need that evil in your life. Why? Because you you (laughs) told the first service this morning, I said, some of you are missing out on the goodness of God because you're trying to hang on to a little bit of filth and evil. (laughs) It's like you you got one foot in your past and one foot. In God's future for you and you're trying to your life's consumed with trying to make a balancing act and you're living life like this and you can't taste the goods of God because you're still trying to hang on to the stuff from yesterday. Amen. It's kind of like going to Texas Roadhouse and standing by the hostess table and you get to look at the steaks that aren't cooked yet and you get to see the bread with the steam rising off the top of it with the butter, the honey butter melted next to it. You get to stand there and you're like this, you're leaning on the hostess table going, but you never get to take a bite. Let go of the junk and go get the steak. Come on, somebody. Right? Go get the bread with no calories and no gluten for some of you. And, and ask for extra butter. It's what we do. Get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message of God or the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your soul. For many of us, hearing God starts with repentance. Listen to me. If you'll just repent today, you can start to hear God's voice today. Amen? Because here's the truth. You can't begin a new life with old things. Let me tell you something. I don't drink anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some days... I could drink me a good old ha. That's what we used to call it back in the day. Go give me a 22-ounce Bud Light. Drink all my worries away. You know why I don't drink anymore? Not that if I go have a drink, I'm going to go to hell. I don't drink anymore because, by God, if God had to take it away from me, why in the heck would I ever go back to it? Amen. If he had to take it from me because I couldn't put it down myself, why would I ever go back to it? I don't need it. It don't help me. I don't get closer to God the more I get buzzed. (laughs) I get closer to myself. Amen. Luke chapter 8 verse 13 says this. So the first heart is a polluted heart. If If you'll position your heart to be purified... Give, give forgiveness away and ask God and, and repent. Then you can begin to hear God. You can change that polluted heart. We're going to the second heart. Verse 18 says, The rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy, but like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. So they received the word from God. They hear a word from God, they go, whoo, man, that was good. God, I was, I needed to hear that from God. But if you're not careful, the distractions of the world will come and take it from you. I see it all the time as a pastor. I see Christians who, you'll be in a church service like this, and God will give them a word, a prophetic word. He'll speak to them right there in their seat. They'll get a word from God, and they're like, oh, I needed that word. Oh, my goodness. You see them two days later, they're back where they started from. And you're like, what happened? My battery went dead in the car. Really? Number two is a distracted heart. Something else gets in the way, starts competing for your attention. You gotta know all hell's trying to keep you from hearing from God. God. Listen to me, distractions can even be good things. Can I tell you how I get distracted sometimes? I get distracted being a preacher. Sometimes I get so consumed with being a good pastor that I forget how to be a follower of Jesus. Sometimes people on our dream team get so busy serving kids or or, or parking cars that we forget that we're supposed to be following the shepherd. Sometimes distractions are good things, but sometimes they're bad things. Amen. You ever, you ever been in a mall and you you try to talk to one of your kids on the other side of the mall, let's say around Christmas time. Like, Hey, I'll meet you by the pizza place. I'm going to the bathroom. What? And you can't hear them. Why? Because there's too many voices, too much going on, too many other voices getting their attention. We're distracted. Today, we're too distracted. I have an issue. Here's my other distraction. I'm just full of confession today. You see, you can see this. You see these red dots on my phone? Everybody see them? Shake your head if you see the red dots. You see the red dots on my phone? I got an issue. I don't like red dots on my phone. They're like chicken pox. Okay? Okay. If I have red dots, I get stressed out. I do. Like I, I have to set reminders to remind myself, but then I set notifications on the reminders. And then when it reminds me, I get mad at it. My wife made me start using reminders so that I would quit getting mad at her every time she reminded me. So it's actually saving my marriage, but technology's great, right? I mean, I've been reading my Bible. I'm on day 346 of 365 days of getting through the Bible in a year. And so the first thing I do in the morning is I, I get up and I go and I read my Bible on my phone. It's a digital Bible keeps it, it keeps track of everything for me. I don't have to keep track of anything. But my problem is when I turn it on, they got red dots. There's emails. There's a stupid mileage app that I hate. There's there's updates. There's text messages. And so I'm trying to spend time with God and I got dots. I can't wait till I finish day 365 because I'm putting my phone up and I'm going back to my old paper Bible because there's no dots on this thing, right? There's no notifications on this thing. If I'm not careful, I'll spend all my time checking my messages. That's just me. Pray for me. I know none of you struggle with that. Luke 10 verse 39 to 40 from the amplified version tells this story. It's a pretty wild story when you think of it from this perspective. There's there's Jesus in this house and there's two sisters there. And and get this, Jesus is sitting in the house with them with just two sisters, no kids, no distractions. Come on, it's a glorious day when Jesus is in your house and there's no kids around. <laughs> Okay, you get that later. Mary and Martha. And she said she and she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Mary sat at Jesus's feet. What did she do? She positioned herself to hear his voice. Martha was so overwhelmed by them dang dirty dishes. So distracted by them dirty clothes. That little crumb on the floor. Come on, you OCD people. It's killing you. She was so distracted that Jesus himself was sitting in the house and she didn't hear him. Talks of a distracted heart. To hear God's voice, I must turn down the world's volume. I got to turn it down. I got to push some things aside. Luke 8, 14 talks of the third heart. It says, the seed fell among weeds. Among weeds stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, They are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And then he says this, and they don't mature. Now, I'm going to ask this question very carefully because the first church had a bad mind this morning. Do you have to plant weeds? I asked them, I said, can you buy weed seeds? (laughs) Bad question. (laughs) Because some of them went... And I was like, "Uh uh uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. No. But do you have to plant weeds? No. Just quit cutting your grass, and that beautiful lawn you got will in, in about two weeks start to see some weeds pop up. Right? Some thistles, some dollar grass, crab grass. I told the first church, we got some goat weed by this telephone post on the corner right there. And I don't know if you've ever experienced goat weed, but when you cut it, it smells just like a goat. Like a male goat. They stank. You don't have to plant weeds. Weeds will come up on their own. But weeds come up when we neglect the lawn. Right? You drive by a rice field. If it's full of weeds, what does that speak of? Neglect. You drive by a cattle pasture and it's full of weeds. It speaks of neglect. Either somebody didn't have time to take care of it, or somebody didn't know they were supposed to take care of it, or somebody just plainly neglected it. So it speaks of an immature heart. So number three is the immature heart. The first heart is the polluted heart. The second heart is a distracted heart. And the third heart is the immature heart. This is the person that says, I'm saved and I'm fine right there. I got me some salvation and I get to hang on to a little bit of the world. I get to still be a cool and a Christian. That's who it speaks of. They're satisfied where they are. They don't want to go no deeper with God. They don't want to exchange anything with God. They don't want to any more of his goodness. They're just content to be who they are, where they are and what they're doing. And you can usually tell these people because they they keep fighting the same devil's 10 years after 10 years after 10 years. You're going, man, you're still struggling with that. Not in a condemning way, but it's like, dear God, would you just grow up? I know it's harsh, but listen to me. I wonder how God's looking at us today. Would you just grow up a little bit? All this goodness that I got for you and you're still hanging on to that? Pastor Jamie, would you just give up the blue bell? Yes, Lord. Come on, I'm serious. Speaks of a heart that says, you know what? I don't want to change. I don't want to grow up. I'm not joining none of them stupid life groups. I'm not going to one of them old corny freedom weekends. I'm not going to join this dream team. That's for punks. I'm not doing none of this. I'm not letting nobody speak into my life. I'm not getting around some people and telling them what I'm struggling with. I can take care of my own. How's that working out for you? You're lapping the same old mountain again and again and again and again. An immature heart says, I don't want to change. But yet we still expect to hear from God. God, don't speak to me. When I talk to Cheryl, we have dope conversation unless we're cutting up. I accidentally called somebody else named Cheryl one day. <laughs> I ain't telling that story. <laughs> it's a bad story. I'm telling the story. It was 10:30 at night. I grabbed them. my wife couldn't you know your wife sometimes can't find their phone right. And so my wife couldn't find her phone. I said, Hey, ring my phone. So I didn't realize earlier that day I talked to somebody else named Cheryl. Okay? So I just pull up my recents because it too, takes too long to go to contact. So I just pull up recents. I see Cheryl. I hit Cheryl and it's ringing. And I'm going to mess with her. I'm always, we're always clowning. And so I know poquito Espanol. And so 1030 at night, I hear, hello? I go, hola, mi chica. ¿Qué pasa? And she goes, Hello, Pastor Jamie? I'm like, oh God, oh God, what did I do? Oh God. I'm like, and I couldn't hit the dang red button. I was like, die, die. I told my wife and she's like, you're an idiot. You're just, my kids are like, dad, that was dumb. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I had to defend myself. So what's crazy is the next day I had to call her and tell her it was me. I was like, Miss Cheryl? Hey, Pastor Jamie, I I accidentally called you last night. I was cutting up with my wife and I was speaking Spanish and praise God she let me off the hook. Oh Lord, she's like, really? I was like, oh, thank you Lord. I don't know what got me there. Yeah, mature talk. So, (laughs) So when I talked to Cheryl and we're being serious, we have mature conversation. We talk about finances, life decisions, kids, where they're going to go. You know, are we putting them out the house? You know, <sighs> you're good. That's the other two that need to worry. But we have adult conversation, and it sounds a certain way, right? And I've got three teenagers. One's 18, one's 16, and one's 15. And I talk to them even differently. Virginia, we're having to have more adult conversation because she's graduating high school. So we talk differently now. And Ethan, well, you got to talk to him a little different because he don't know when to quit and he aggravates everybody. Anybody got a son like that? Okay, don't raise your hand. Um, but then Anna, the little youngest one, the one who's not spoiled at all, we talk different because she's always giddy and cutting up, and so we we pick a lot, and so the conversation's different. Now you bring a baby into the room, and this brother changes. Like, hey, my, my voice gets real <laughs> light. Hey, come see, come give me five. Oh. And we talk different, right? Because they, they're not mature enough to hear my voice. They're not mature enough to know what I'm saying, right? But listen to me, all of us got to grow out of the baby stage sooner or later. And we got to learn to hear God's voice in a good mature way. And you're going to have to mature to do that. Amen. The way you mature is by growing. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. I didn't say it, y'all did. But God can't speak to you if you don't have the ability to understand what he's saying. You need to mature. We all need to grow. Say amen. We all need to grow. And it's our responsibility to grow. Watch what Hebrews chapter 12 says. I want you to pay attention to how many times it says we and us. Since we are surrounded by so many examples talking about the fathers of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. Whose responsibility is it for your spiritual growth? It's we's. It's yours. For too many years, Christians have looked at pastors and preachers and priests and said, grow me up. You better grow me up. And if your word ain't good Sunday, I'm going to the other church. Well, listen, if you can't grow in this church, what makes you think you're going to grow at the next church? Amen? Because it's your responsibility to grow. Right? I'm going to lead you. You're going to grow today a little bit. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to fuss at you a little bit. We're going to laugh. You're going to learn some stuff that's going to what? Help you grow. But you're responsible to grow. So grow. Because here's the truth mature people expose the darkness in their soul. You know what? You know what mature you know how mature people pray? When they get before God, they go, Lord. Would you examine my heart? Would you show me what's in my heart? Lord, I want you to purify my heart. Lord, help me to see the dark corners in my heart. And when he does, we do something about it. Immature people just go to God and say, Lord, I need this. I need this. I need that. 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 And they never stop and say, Lord, would you purify my heart? Lord, would you help me with this attitude that I have? Would you help me to be a better father, a better husband, a better employee, a better American? Would you help me? That's the way a mature person prays. Immature people hide. By the way, you need some people in your life. You know why? You know why I need people in my life? Because I'm biased. I like me. And I don't like me to ever be wrong. I don't like me to ever have issues. Me, me, me is perfect. All with me. But I need other people in my life that can say, bro, you can't say that. Uh, that was stupid. Uh, you kind of mean, man. Relax, bro. Just relax. Breathe a little bit. We all need people in our lives, Right? because we like ourselves too much. We need some people that can tell us loving truth about us. Amen? And it's only there to help us. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. A man who's not next to another man is dull. Right? If you don't have people in your life helping you along your spiritual journey, you're spiritually dull. Which brings us to the fourth heart. By the way, maturity comes when we stop making excuses and we start making changes. Got to stop those excuses and start making changes. Luke 8, 15 says this, but the seed fell on good soil. Stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. The difference between a a prepared heart and, and a distracted heart is that a prepared heart doesn't get distracted. You picking up what I'm throwing down? A prepared heart doesn't, doesn't follow the squirrel when it runs. <laughs> squirrel! It doesn't do that. A prepared heart stays focused on God. A prepared heart hears him and walks along his path. Amen. The the word he gets from God, it lands on good soil. They stay focused. And watch this. It begins to produce a harvest that's incredible. An incredible harvest. That produces a hundred times more than what was planted. Amen. Yup, yup, y'all with me? That's what a prepared heart does. It produces a harvest. You ever get around some folks and, man, they're growing spiritually and it's a pleasure to be around them. And when you walk away, you kind of go, man, it was good to be with them. Those are folks that have good soil. They have a good heart. They have a prepared heart, right? A prepared heart can produce a harvest. You know what a harvest is? A harvest is that now I've got something that I can give away to other people. I've got, I've got some good fruit, a good harvest that God's given me that I can now give away. And so when people get around you, they're blessed because they've been around you. Because you've got something to give away. Amen? God just wants you to produce a harvest. Can we just position ourselves for him to produce a harvest? So number four is the prepared heart. How do we have a prepared heart? Number one, we repent. We talked about that. It's your new favorite word, repent. Number two is to refocus. Very, very simple. Repent. Take care of your stuff. If you need to forgive, forgive. If you need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. Deal with it today. Come on, look at me. Deal with it today. Shut the enemy up and clear your conscience. Repent. Repent. Then we need to refocus. That means we need to change our focus. We need to take our focus over from here and put our focus on God. Refocus. My focus is to hear God's voice. I need to hear his voice. I long to hear his voice. I don't want to be in the back of the pack anymore. I want to get next to the shepherd. Amen? Then we need to revive. Some of us need some revival inside of us. And when I was preparing this, I saw an image of an EMT standing over somebody who was, who was dying, a physical death, and he was doing what he could to what? Revive them, right? He was trying to revive them. What? Bring them back to life. Ask God to revive you. Lord, revive my heart. Revive my passion for you. Revive my life, Lord. Revive the spirit inside of me. Wake up my soul, Lord. Come on, you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Lord, give me some fresh breath.